0: You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you tri-freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon a podcast where we go long on the art of endurance, learn a little bit of zen along the way to help us become better people. Okay, we have a little buffet of topics today. We've got a trick where uh, you can keep your bottles for your training cave from getting all gunked up and also keep them organized, keep them from getting dirty and nasty. And also why I have been skipping wearing a heart rate strap lately on purpose and the effect that it's having on my workouts that's uh, a better effect and why I'm doing that. It's really interesting. And then also the trick I learned a few years ago on how to keep little tails and fingers of your pets and children's out of your spokes if you're riding the bike indoors we got all that and also a bunch of uh, triathlon news so let's go ahead and kick that off right now here we go so the biggest news overall in the ironman industry is that javier gomez has I don't know if exactly you would call it announced, but in an interview with a Spanish uh, newspaper, magazine, uh, sports column, website, whatever whatever we do now, media, that uh, he is planning on doing Ironman this year, Ironman Hawaii, Ironman Kona. He's already uh, done a whole bunch of half Ironmans, but moving up to the full distance and will probably, probably be on-site and racing for uh, Ironman uh, Kona for the championship. Now, who is Javier Gomez, if you don't know? He is lethal out there. He is one of these guys that came from the um, Olympic ITU, International Triathlon Union Circuit. And these guys and girls are stupid fast, like unbelievably fast. They have to slow themselves down to <laughs> To go Ironman pace slow themselves down a lot and Javier Gomez is already the half Ironman distance champion and I forgot what one year or two years um, and uh, when Jan Ferdino showed up uh, from this exact same background he just wiped the field clean with his uh, skill set Just absolutely amazing so now we've got another one Another one. So this would be the opposite of the opposite background of somebody like Lionel Sanders, who uh, discovered the sport later in life, uh, figured out he was really good at it, and has been slowly getting better and better. This, I, these ITU guys are uh, trained from a very young age. They're they're like like kung fu monks <laughs> trained from age six. Uh, to be phenomenal at this sport and it's been an olympic sport for a while now and yeah these guys and girls are just absolutely amazing and when they people always predict it when these people start getting older and want to want to start uh, slowing down a little bit they're not so sharp in the speed department that they're gonna start dropping bombs all over the long the long distance division and that's what we're getting right now. This is pretty crazy. So we're, we're going to have um, Gomez, Javier Gomez, and probably Jan Ferdino uh, next year, and uh, uh, Lionel Sanders, Patrick Lange uh, is going to be uh, all out there. So that's going to be absolutely fascinating. It's going to be super cool to watch. Okay, and the other... Big uh, piece of it's not quite as big because it's really just a sponsor change, but it is interesting. Andy Potts is routinely one of the fastest Americans at uh, Hawaii at Kona, and he um, is switching bike sponsors. He's gotten a lot of flack over the years about uh, his choices for equipment and stuff like that. And he's i think he's one of these guys that came from just being an age grouper and then just got faster and faster and faster and he um his bike has been the cannondale slice i think that's the full name of cannondale slice which is kind of aero but it's also just kind of lightweight and so it's 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 less aero and just thin like uh the tubing is really thin and um you know as a pro you really don't have choices in your you you can only take the sponsors that present themselves to you so you, you can only you say like you should pick a better bike you know more aero bike well that's only like 50 percent up to you maybe you've got to take what you know comes your way and the uh but andy potts is really really good and he's a little bit older so i think he's 40 41 42 Um, maybe, I don't know. He's somewhere in in his forties and he got, uh, he switched bike sponsors from Cannondale, uh, to the, uh, brand Sipo and Sipo is not a very big brand. It's, it's probably a lot, probably a lot smaller than Cannondale, uh, C E E P O is how it's spelled. But man, Sipo makes some beautiful bikes and, uh, probably a lot more arrow, probably and the uh oh well let's before we get into more about the bike uh he also joined up with Wattie inc and Wattie inc and i'm saying that on purpose so you know what i'm saying it usually say Wattie but it's w-a-t-t-i-e is is i don't i don't even really know what Wattie inc is <laughs> It's like a, a team and a clothing company. It's kind of this ambiguous thing, um, and it's based on uh, Heather. You may be more familiar. Heather Jackson is a uh, really she was, I think, fastest American uh, female at Kona. She's really good, and I forgot what kind of bike she rides, but uh, I know she rides night composite wheels. But the, um, her boyfriend, maybe husband now, is all tattooed up and looks it. He looks the part of like, um, I don't know, kind of like a rapper, you know, the, the wide, uh, flat hat brim and ears tucked up into his hat and, uh, covered in tattoos and stuff like that. And Heather Jackson also has a bunch of tattoos. And so the ink, Wadi ink, the ink is the, the tattoo ink. And then Waddy is her boyfriend's nickname of sorts. And so it's really like his company. But I, I, I like them both a lot. Um, Heather Jackson's like super, super cool, super laid back, super nice. Um, I don't know that much about Waddy. But I know because he's, a, he's, he's probably like a top age grouper maybe at one point. But I don't think he, he might have been a pro but not uh, like super successful pro and went into the business, the business side of triathlon instead, and just invested in his girlfriend (laughs) who is phenomenal. Heather Jackson is absolutely phenomenal. And that's, Hey, that's smart thing to do sometimes. And, uh, you know, you work on the business and and partner up with somebody that's, uh, that's, uh, you're, that you're close to and invest your time in them if they're showing more promise in, in the speed department and help them be fast. And, then you can work together. So Heather Jackson is on this, obviously on this Wadi Inc team, but Wadi Inc is like, it's like this big team that you can join up. They have a little bit of a culture of tattoos and somebody's named it like the lifestyle. I forgot what the, how they phrased it, but it's, um, I don't think you necessarily have to be like that whatsoever. It's just fun. And they got cool graphics and logos and stuff on their stuff. And a lot of people like being on teams And you can be part of this team and get your culture and everything from there. So uh, Andy Potts joined a sponsor, got sponsorship or joined up with Wadi Inc., which is funny because um, Andy Potts is not the tattooed, all tattooed up type, but Andy Potts does have a tattoo and I've seen it. I saw it in person when I was doing Alcatraz. I saw this guy using rubber bands Uh, the giant rubber bands to stretch out his arms for his swim and he had the Olympic rings tattooed on the underside of his arm and I thought I wonder if that's Andy Potts and that's before I knew much about Andy Potts and it was I think he won that day I I think that was in 2011 Uh, but anyway Uh, So, Andy Potts does have tattoos, and it's from the Olympics. Andy Potts uh, was not in the Olympics for triathlon. He was in the Olympics for swimming. I think he swam for Michigan. Okay, so this is a whole lot about Andy Potts switching some sponsors, or picking up a sponsor and switching from Cannondale to Sipo. And uh, back to Andy's uh, technical choices before, uh, the funniest um, bad... Uh, equipment choice that Andy Potts has ever made is gator skin tires. Uh, if, gator skin tires, if you're riding them, you should know that they are so slow compared to Continental Grand Prix, uh, Grand Prix, was it 5,000, 2,000? Anyway, Con- Continental Grand Prix, that um, you could stop and have a flat and change it uh, on your continental grand prix and still be faster than how slow the uh, gator skins make you. And so people over armchair quarterback, the, uh, you know, Kona, like so badly. I mean, even I do it and I try not to do it. And still I do it that, um, they saw, you know, gator skin written on his tires on, on Andy Potts tires years ago. And people were like, dude, Andy, what are you doing? <laughs> Quit writing those tires. And he's like, what, what, <laughs> I don't want to get if I don't want to get flats and they're like dude it doesn't matter even even if you rode faster tires and got flats and changed those flats you would still be ahead than how slow those other tires make you these tires are so bulletproof that they actually make you pretty slow so uh side effect of this little news bit is if you're riding gator skins um on your race on race day and you might definitely for training hey man you know whatever. But for race day, you know, maybe not, maybe, uh, consider something else. I used to ride them on race day until I started learning this kind of stuff. And, um, they make you like 10 minutes slower over an Ironman or more, maybe more. And, um, and it takes like six minutes to change a tube, you know, for example, I'm, I'm not exactly sure on the numbers, but anyway. So all that aside, I thought, that the SEPO bike that Andy Potts will probably be riding would definitely make a good Assurance uh, bike insurance, bike of the week, because I had my eye on this bike. Uh, I was thinking about getting one, and I uh, I got the Trek Speed Concept instead because my bike shop didn't carry SEPO, they carried uh, the Trek, and so I could get the Trek built up at the bike shop under, uh, under supervision, <laughs> With guys better than me, and I then get it serviced there, uh, no problem in my small town. And that's why I got the uh, Trek instead. But I definitely had my eyes on this Sepo because it has everything on it that you need. So let's go ahead and move from the news to the Velo Assurance Bike of the Week, and let's cover this Sepo Viper. Here we go. Polkadotte, oh, King of the Mountain. Let's go, King World of the Mountain. Come on, let's go. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what that means. <laughs> All right. Like I said, we will probably see Andy Potts on a uh, Cepo Viper or Cepo Viper R. And again, Cepo is C E E P O. Uh, years ago, they had really cool shaped uh, bike frames that look kind of like Batman would ride it. I mean, they're really pretty and edgy and and. Like really neat. I remember seeing one when the first time I ever saw one, I was like, dude, what is that? What are those? I mean, it was like so cool. Uh, They've toned that down a bit. But they have definitely moved in the area of like a perfectly shaped triathlon bike. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this bike. And let me tell you why. So you can go to sepo.com, C-E-E-P-O.com. And look at the twenty eighteen bikes, and go to the Viper, and the Viper is white, and the Viper R is black. I prefer white bikes so that uh, you don't get hit by a car; less likely to get hit by a car statistically. But you know, you may want the you may want the R, and uh, you know, a bright color jersey kind of takes care of all problems anyway. But let's check this out. It has first off the storage box behind the seat post. Thank you. This is not that hard. I do not know why bike companies all have not uh, triathlon bikes. All do not have this because it helps improve aerodynamics and it's an easy place to carry gear. So it's like a win-win. And I think I talk later in the show. I mean, don't you get enough wins together, it's like why why are we not doing this for everything? So it's like uh, the bento, the um, the cargo box on the Trek Speed Concept, uh, the Quintana Roo. Boom, done, taken care of. I wish it dropped down just a tiny bit lower. Uh, or quite a bit lower uh, to hug the rear wheel, but whatever. At least it's there. Then, on top of that, the bento box, and that's your storage area that is behind the uh, stem. The stem is the part that comes up out of the uh, the, the uh, head tube. The bento box is in line with the stem, and so it's shadowed by the wind coming uh it, it's in the, it's in the wind shadow of the uh, wind having to come around the stem of the bike. And that is nice. It's not a hump. It's, it just looks like it's supposed to be there. And it just looks like an extension of the uh, head tube. And it's a nice long bento box. Looks like it holds plenty of stuff. It's really cool. All right. And then on top of that, the uh, seat post is reversible, which is really, really nice. That's an easy way to, um, move your seat position forward or back you're in a bike race where they're like you can't have your seat post that far forward because uci is uh still like that they're kind of weird the um the triangle the the frame tubes are basically your regular double diamond but the rear seat stays are a little bit lower which gives you both rear seat stays which is nice but also makes the bike because they're a little bit lower makes the bike look kind of aggressive, like kind of squatty in the back. Squatty ink. <laughs> Get it? But the um that's a uh, that's nice. Like the geometry is nice. It's very pleasing to the eye. You're like, "Cool." The down tube has uh three different um bolts on it for uh, bottle cages. So you can have your bottle cage up higher, you can have your bottle cage down lower. If you wanna fill the lower triangle, the lower end of the uh, front triangle with your bottle case, that's, that's a nice thing. I do not know why more bike companies uh, don't do that. Why, why aren't you putting more um, bottle cage uh, bolts on bikes so that people can put uh, stuff in different places? A lot of people like to fill the bottom of that front triangle with uh, some sort of wedge that makes the bike more aero. Um, the, uh, seat tube has two bottle cage bolts on it. Sometimes, uh, the bikes have no bottle cage bolts on the seat tube. I don't know why that's crazy. My, uh, my original BMC had no bottle cage uh, bolts on the seat tube. I think it was like ridiculous. Like what the hell is this? Anyway, um, now I think last year's model had, uh, disc brakes and I'm pretty sure of it and even the year before had disc brakes on it, which was unusual and at the time. And now what's really unusual is the, mo- the two models I'm looking at for 2018 do not have disc brakes. Uh, to me, it kind of looks like it's not an option. Like these are uh, just regular caliper brakes. Um, the rear one is underneath the bottom bracket, which is a standard place where bike companies tend to like to put those. And... Uh, Why, when we've uh, when a lot of triathlon bikes are now going to disc brakes, they went to from having disc brakes to not having disc brakes on their model doesn't really make sense to me. So that may uh, be worth if you're looking at the bike and you um, you want to check into that some more, uh, you could dig into that and find out what's going on with that. Um, Now we get into the big difference between the Viper. And the Viper R is, it's kind of hard to describe. The Viper has regular triathlon bars on the front, uh, nothing special. Um, I mean, it looks nice and everything. But then the Viper R has the, um, I believe it's its probably the profile design one. Um, it's got this vertical wedge um uh, Not bento, uh, aero bottle. That's kind of like part of the frame. And the canyon has this, for example, and it works pretty well for certain people. Ferdino. and the um, I don't know. I don't know what I think of it. I wonder if it if if it affects uh, stability. Um, And then now you can't uh, put an aero bottle between your arms, but. Again, you don't have to get the R. You can just get the regular old Sipo and then uh, and then get the uh, water bottle between your arms if you feel like. It's just kind of interesting that um, that now we're having to decide, and it's it's like a these are good problems to have. <laughs> do you want the Do you want the water bottle between your arms, or do you want it as this super thin wedge as part of the frame? Now, what I don't like personally, because I'm in Texas where it's hot, and if you're someplace where it's hot too, I do not like having my, uh, my fluids in black containers. It just heats them up. And I do not need my fluids any hotter than they already are in July in uh, Texas. And you probably don't want that either. And these things come so far as what I can tell. Uh, this uh, wedge aero bottle on the Sepo R is black. I'd rather see a clear one, but then that wouldn't be as pretty. Um, and if you live somewhere where it's not as hot as here, you may not uh, view that as a problem anyway. But all in all, this bike is uh, really, really attractive. It's a really, really cool bike. And yeah, man, once you throw some Zip 808s on that sucker, <laughs> wow, man, very, very cool. So that is it for our uh, VeloSurance bike insurance bike of the week and if you have bikes that you want to take extra special care of oh wait we should back up let's start watching races to uh see if uh andy potts shows up on one of these and starts racing on it uh, that's a cool thing to kind of keep your eye on something interesting as the uh as his race season unfolds uh this spring and something uh that uh we can wish andy good luck on cool. I like Andy. He's, he's a nice guy. Anyway, we um, should mention the uh, Sponsor of the Week, Velosurance, Sponsor of Bike of the Week, Velosurance, Bike Insurance. They are a full service bike insurance company. So have you ever tried to talk to your homeowner's insurance about insurance, about insuring your bike? I have hardly ever talked to somebody that knows less about bikes. <laughs> than my homeowner insurance agent guy and that's that's not his fault that's normal right that's not his business and that's not what he's in but velo insurance bike insurance is run by cyclists so when you say i've got a race bike and the in- insurance agent is not going to say what is that worth like 100 bucks you know like 300 bucks or oh maybe like 500 and you, then you go no like uh They start at like five grand for some of these more expensive bikes and they go, well, we can't insure that. That's ridiculous, right? Uh, You ever had or heard stories from somebody that wrecked their bike, the really expensive race bike and broke the frame or something like that or got stolen? And then they're trying to talk to their insurance agent about getting it replaced and the insurance agent won't believe them about how much the bike costs. That happened to a friend of mine, by the way, and his roommate was an insurance adjuster, and still the two of them together could not talk to this insurance agent, this other insurance agent, uh, and explain to him that, no, it is not, this is not a $400 buying. <laughs> so, Dave at is your uh, is your email address to get in touch with. And he will give you quotes on what you want to do with your bike. They do things like travel, um, back your car, racing, training, uh, pretty much everything that you do on, as a real cyclist on a real bike. Velo Assurance has uh, some uh, pricing for you on how much it costs. And then if anything ever happens, you are, act- you are actually talking to cyclists that run the company. Okay. And the whole point of insurance is so that you can replace the item that is damaged or destroyed or stolen um, as soon as possible with um, the least amount of out of pocket money. When I got my uh, Trek Speed Concept, that was a lot of money. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if something happened to this bike, I would be out of a triathlon bike. Let's say I'm driving down the road and it falls off the back of my car. I would be out of a triathlon bike and I would have no way of getting um I would no way I've no money. I just spent all my money on this thing. I'd have no way to get a replacement bike and then my whole life revolves around triathlon. I love triathlon, but now I have no tri bike and I got no hope of getting a near, uh, another one in the future because it's all just gone and then my homeowner's insurance isn't going to cover it. Right or my car insurance isn't going to cover it because they're like, that's not your car. <laughs> that's something you were carrying on the back of your car. That's your problem, right? Or uh, you were riding your bike and you crashed it and it's broken. We're not, you're racing. You ever try to talk to a car insurance company and then explain to them that you, your car was damaged um, because you were racing it? And what do they tell you? <laughs> they go, dude, that's your fault. <laughs> that's your problem. So a lot of, uh, companies that, uh, that aren't cycling companies, cycling insurance companies, uh, would say, um, you were racing your bike. That's your problem. That's stupid. And she's like, but it's a race bike. That's what it's for. And they're like, still, sorry. No, not going to cover it. All right. So again, get in touch with veloassurance.com email Dave at veloassurance.com and he will give you quotes on what you're looking for. All right. Okay. Enough of that. Oh my gosh. We got to get on to the rest of the show. Like I said, we got disc wheels, water bottles, heart rate straps, and probably even more uh, on the back end of it. Maybe I'll detail uh, my current madness on how I'm running 50 miles a week. My, uh, my current. Put it okay, but let's go ahead and get going with the rest of the show. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Hi everybody, my name is Brett. I'm a trash. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dude, let's go exercise. Exercise! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, let's take a minute here. And discuss why recently I have uh, foregone the heart rate strap using heart rate during workouts. And you might, why well, you might want to as well if you find yourself in a similar, similar, similar <laughs> situation. And what I realized is that. I've been doing uh, endurance training for quite a while. And I'm aerobically uh, uh, fine. uh, Aerobically, I'm in shape. And also, I've uh, hit a plateau in performance. Um, We all hit some point where we uh, stop improving. And I have, uh, for forever been using heart rate and at times it's nice you know to uh, leave the heart rate behind but uh usually i uh i don't use it more of by accident than on purpose what with many things in triathlon i've learned and then also it turns out uh, and i've transferred that over to life which is the whole zen in the art triathlon point is um When an opportunity presents itself to forego something, then forego it and just kind of experiment and see what happens. So I'm out, oh yes, uh, no, it wasn't yesterday, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, I was um, on a bike ride, oh my gosh, I'm off. I was uh, going for a swim and I realized I left my uh, Garmin watch to record my swim uh, at the house. And so I decided, you know, just to swim without any kind of numbers or anything. I don't know how far I went or anything like that. And so uh, also that works really well for fasting to help your metabolism, which is... uh, Oh, after a workout, I forgot to bring some food to eat. And I've got a, a meeting and such for a while. So... To help the fat-burning metabolism, just uh, don't eat and don't worry about it. And it's not—it's not all the time. It's just the uh, situation presents itself, and uh, to take advantage of it, no big deal. I've got some jingling over here. I've got a metal rod to uh, work on some bamboo. Oh, it's set up a frequency. Let me see if I can change Hold on a second. <laughs> oh no. How long that lasts? I uh, stopped using my heart rate monitor for oh for a workout or two. Just wasn't thinking that much about it, and then noticed something that I was actually uh, having better workouts and going harder than before, and I was enjoying it, and it made me think that the situation that I'm in where I've uh, plateaued in performance, aerobically I'm fine. And um, and in fact, the heart rate monitor can become kind of a leash on you. Uh, it becomes such a habit to say, well, I'm going, you know, zone two, you gotta stay zone two, because it's safe and uh, don't push it too hard. And if you just ditch the heart rate monitor, you have, it depends on your personality. That's somebody (laughs) trying to lurch out in front of me. Um, Then uh, maybe you'll actually go a little bit too hard, but that's the point is maybe you do need to go a little bit too hard and if you're in the situation like I was describing that you might be in too let's say you've been listening to this podcast for a long time or you're new to the podcast but you've been doing long distance endurance stuff for a long time you've probably settled in to just easy workouts uh, and you've plateaued and to push through the plateau and uh, improve to do uh, some workouts a little bit harder and with that heart rate number it can go one of two ways you know and it's not always the same it depends on that day um you could see that number and say oh that's going that's going too hard you know sometimes you can uh use that number to tell yourself to go harder i've done that in races where it's getting to be the last um, couple miles on a um Uh, 70.3 Half Ironman Is a really good example Galveston's a really good one Uh, The last mile (laughs) I uh, Try to go See if I could Max out my heart rate Right If everything else is alright See if I can max out my heart rate And if I am I know my max is You know like 180 175 And I'm only at 150 I know there's more room You can go harder Go harder Right um, but anyway I found that by uh, recently taking off the uh, heart rate strap that and on my runs and on my bikes that I'm actually uh, the other metrics like the, the average speeds are higher and I'm going harder and I'm enjoying it it's uh, actually really really nice so uh, I encourage you to remember that the, the danger remember the danger of all figured out and all figured out is where you think you've got to you've got the exact method down and you need to do the exact thing the exact same thing all the time you know always run with a heart rate monitor always swim with your swim watch and uh, Zen teaches us no that the right thing to do is whatever the right thing to do is right now and uh, with with the beginner's mind, you never really know uh, what that is unless you let go and give yourself up and, uh, and then dive in and see what happens. And you could come up with a uh, better all figured out that's not quite as uh, dogma. Dogma is dangerous. Um, and dogma means, you know, basically all figured out. This is what you do. Um, a slightly better approach to dogma would be, um, you know, for, it depends on your personality, which one you need more, how the heart rate numbers work on you. If they make you go faster or slower, but you don't know unless you experiment, but uh, where your heart rate strap on long workouts where you're supposed to be going easy and uh, on your short workouts um, don't wear a heart rate strap for example, right? that's a little bit more wise and see then that has you going a little bit harder on your short workouts and on your long workouts it has you monitoring uh, get it? Uh, and that's what it's for, right? heart rate monitor it has you monitoring things so that you have... uh, a better long workout make sure your heart rate doesn't go too high because with long workouts and the coaching that I do I often say in my description of a long bike ride I say do not go hard the distance is plenty of a workout in itself <laughs> and to wrap up this little bit um, you can think of the uh, Zen phrase uh, uh, eat when hungry sleep when tired and that's a callback to what I was saying uh, a moment ago about uh, the appropriate response if you're hungry, eat if you're not hungry, don't eat See, there's no one rule it's not eat all the time That would be bad. It's not don't eat all the time. That would be bad. If you're hungry, eat. So it's if then. Which is great. Uh, If you're computer programming... um, Zen Buddhism is wonderful... Wonderfully uh, understandable by you... Because computer programming is just loaded with if thens. If this, then that. And... uh, If you're... If... uh, If you're tired, then sleep. And... That's how it works. So give your uh, give your heart rate monitor a uh, an experiment, and possibly uh, ditch it for a little bit, and see. Notice, pay attention to how you react differently uh, without a heart rate strap if you're used to wearing one all the time, and see what happens. And um, if you don't wear one, but you have one i put one on and see how it changes your behavior. Put it on your, on your watch or your bike computer, your number, and see how it changes your behavior. It's very interesting stuff. All right, that is it. Out, bang. All right, let's take a break from the program and talk about one of our great sponsors, Amrita Bars. A-M-R-I-T-A, Amrita Bars. You can get, let's see, what is the discount? I know the discount code ZEN. Get 15% off your order. At AmritaHealthfoods.com on Amrita bars with using the discount code Zen. And what are Amrita bars? Oh my gosh, they are the best. They are a longtime sponsor of Zentry because I've been using them for a long time. The owner and founder is a cyclist, and he wanted to make bars that actually give you plenty of energy, are healthy very very healthy and go down easily and he nailed it he nailed it a long time ago this stuff is so good they have uh, seeds instead of nuts so if you have a nut allergy they're wonderful for you they have all kinds of awesome flavors and they're um, a bit soft and chewy so you don't get dry stuff all in the back of your throat whenever you're doing 30 miles an hour and you take a bite of one of these things the way i eat it is i open up the end of the wrapper And uh, while I'm riding, or sometimes before the ride, and then I um, squeeze out like as much, you know, a third of the bar, maybe a quarter of the bar, and take a bite and then drink it with some water. And it's got cardamom in it, and that's a soothing spice that's awesome for the stomach. And that's just, it's just amazing, amazing stuff. And on top of that, they have really cool kit. They've got some of the, my favorite, actually, of uh, cycling jerseys out there. And they got a triathlon kit, cycling jersey, uh, socks, you know, like cycling socks, running socks. They're black with Amrita written across them in this really cool font and color. It's really awesome. So you can get yours by going to AmritaHealthFoods.com and looking for a place where you check out your order and typing in the code ZEN and you get 15% off. That's huge. That's huge, 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 huge. All right, let's go back to the show and see what's up. Here we go. All right, we are back. And we're gonna talk about water bottles here for a second. I just had a great run though. I think a 8.13 average pace for 8.33 miles, but you know, who's counting? Ah man, morning run, trying to squeeze it in. And uh, that's one of my fastest runs uh, lately. Uh, Did high cadence. Focused on not pushing as hard with my legs and relaxing the upper body and just focused on uh, high cadence instead. You got to lower the effort but speed up the RPMs. The rotations per minute. And then all of a sudden you're going uh, just as fast or faster with weirdly uh less stress on the body different kind of stress but stress that's manageable anyway i have a tip about uh keeping your bike bottles uh, cold on your bike rides and also uh, a side effect that's actually pretty cool i i've done this before but kind of forgot about it and never really got into a habit i'm trying to build this habit because it seems to work is uh, getting on the bike, you know, you make a a fuel bottle or a water bottle and then you gotta add ice to it and all this other stuff and you put a little bit of sugary stuff in there. And this also works if you're running on the treadmill and you happen to uh, keep a, a, you know, water bottle or whatever. Anyway, when you're done, put that water bottle into the freezer with a little bit of water in the bottom. Like i don't know an inch or so maybe a couple inches of water you'll learn uh based on the size of your water bottle what actually works best and you you uh you can this is really cool you um put it in there overnight and then it freezes now you got a little a little chunk of ice down on the bottom and then the next day when you um go to make your water bottle or your fuel for your workout you go right to there to the freezer open it up you got a water bottle with ice already in it and feel like it's kind of dedicated to you don't put the lid on uh tight at all or else it'll freeze and uh, be difficult to open so put it on very loosely and then when you're uh working out this chunk of ice will break free from the bottom eventually and then float to the top And now for your, I typically do an hour, your hour on the treadmill, your hour on the bike, you've got a water bottle with a solid chunk of ice in it, which stays cold longer than pieces of ice that you put in there. And also there's this tip that I've learned and uh, given many times is to keep your camelback bladder or whatever, you know, whatever you're using in the freezer. And that keeps it from getting moldy and whatever. Uh, This works on your water bottle. When you're done with your with your water bottle and you've put it in the freezer um, it stays clean it doesn't get uh, moldy and gross because it's uh, sub-freezing Nobody, no uh, little nasty microbes and bacteria and all that nasty stuff mold uh, tries to grow on it so you can just kind of rinse it out and then reuse it many times before you actually need to clean it Uh, just rinsing it actually uh, keeps it clean and then now it's like your dedicated um fuel bottle or water bottle for your bike workout and in the world of triathlon it's uh so complicated and there's so much stuff that you need to keep things as simple as possible having your fuel bottle located in one spot where you always get it or your water bottle um or both. I do two. I do a fuel bottle and a water bottle. I keep my, se- my fuel separate from my water. Then um, you always know where they are, where to get them, and it's consistent so that you have nice, consistent workouts. And all you do is you just pull it out, add your water, uh, or um, add your, you know, your Gatorade powder or whatever, your uh, Infinite, or whatever you're using. And then uh, your salt tabs and then rock and roll isn't that cool it's pretty neat i I think a lot of us um you know we get we open up our cabinet or our drawer or go into the pantry and find the fuel bottle that we want is this one any good because i've forgotten which one's the best and and uh which one i really like and it's in the dishwasher or whatever and then uh We've got to mix fuel in it or water and then you got to shake it up and then add ice how much ice i don't know and you can just it and is it really clean <laughs> and you can just sidestep all that by part of your cleanup from your workout is to put your water bottle back in fill it with you know an inch or two of water and then put it back in the freezer and then it's uh, by tomorrow it'll be ready again for your next workout. All right. I got to go in to W to the ERK and get stuff done. Talk to you in a bit. Out, Al bang. All right. Let's cover donations and how you can help support the show. This segment is uh, being recorded in my kitchen. You can probably hear the echo, echo, echo of the house. I've got my two dogs nearby here that are uh, wrestling with each other and causing a lot of drama. We might be able to hear them. Oh, you got a tennis ball. Are you going to share? No? Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. (laughs) Oh, and besides that, I finally got Emily listening to a Zen podcast. She heard me playing one on the car radio, and she goes, what is that? And I said, that is a talk by a Zen master. I just assumed it was a Zen master. She said, that's really good. And I I just wanted to kill myself because I've been telling her for a decade to check these out. But anyway, it was from the Zen Center, San Francisco Zen Center. And uh, I just wanted to mention that because it made me think that uh, I should mention that to you, that it's a, um, it's a uh, wonderful thing to listen to people that are uh, trained in how to uh, think and handle life a little bit better than the rest of us. And uh, you can tune into these talks and it can just change your, change your life. So I wanted to mention that. But let's go ahead and talk about... Show donations, so you can. I'm going to move around the house, so you can hear the, the effect of moving around. You can help support the show by going to zentriathlon.com, and there is a donations link. Let's go in the master bedroom here. Ah, oh, there we go. A little bit, a little bit less echoey. There's a uh, link on the left hand side to support the show, either with one time donations. Or uh, recurring donations, whichever you want. Uh, a lot of people like to kind of subscribe, and I think it's like on just under four bucks a month, so it's like a dollar a week to uh, help support the show. Or you could do a one-time, uh, just uh, one uh, single donation. I got one here. I'm going to mention, and then I mention your name on the show, uh, which a lot of people really dig to let the world know that they support ZenTri. and. These donations, no matter uh, how big or especially uh, no matter how small, they really do add up and they help cover the cost of making a podcast. You'll hear every once in a while, people try to make a podcast and they go, I just couldn't do it. It just took too much time. It's very difficult. And they are. They are uh, a huge time suck. And But I really do like making them because it's like it's like art and it allows me to actually make something instead of working on computers all day. And yeah, I can kind of gather these things and put them uh, out there for you guys. So you can go and support the show yourself. Like I said, go to zentrathlon.com and go on the left-hand side. And there's those uh, little super easy PayPal links. And let's see, we have Spiros Fetsis and Houston Marsh from up in Canada. What's up, Houston? And let's see, M Web. Oh. Zoe's back. Y'all need to calm down. Hey. Simma down now. Simma down now. Okay. Uh, Rick Foster. And I've got a new person. And I'm the, the name is really um, interesting. Lex pullis Farrow is what I'm reading here. I may be saying it wrong. And then Joseph Deber or Diber, and then we got a one-time donation. It looks like maybe it's from Norway, and it's Troy Forslund. That sounds Nordic to me. Anyway, you can help sports show. Also, um, God, I hate to be this kind of person, but uh, following and liking or retweeting or thumbs upping or whatever you want to call it on Instagram, I'm Zen Triathlon, and Twitter, I'm I'm uh, Zen Triathlon. I try to stay away from Facebook because. This takes up all my time anyway. Can you hear them drinking out of their bowl? Guys, I'm trying to record a podcast. Hey, stop it. Okay. Now, of course, then the Black Lab just drools all over the floor. Now, the uh, next thing is another great way to support Zentri is Hornet juice. This stuff is awesome. So it's an amino acid mix that you can add to your fuel. And then what it does is it tells the body to start burning body fat as fuel. So it turns you into a diesel engine. This stuff is famous. It works. It works so well. It's absolutely amazing. You do feel like a diesel engine. You feel like a jet engine, but it's not a stimulant. You don't feel all jittery and weird or anything like that. You're just like, man, I can just keep going and going and going. And this stuff is called Hornet Juice, and it's made in New Zealand. And it's based on the Japanese Killer Hornet. Amino acid profile that it uses to burn its own body fat uh, to be the longest flying insect uh, body weight to distance in the world. And it's absolutely amazing. It's super cool. And a lot of athletes use it. And if you get some of that, then you are supporting Zentri because a little bit uh, comes, I mean, it's a tiny bit, comes off the top uh, back to Zentri for uh, helping them get the word out. And then you get something for yourself which is really cool. And then also you get something to kind of show your friends. Like, I got this crazy stuff. It's Hornet Juice. Show your friends, man. It's a trip. And yeah, so you got like your perfect storm. You got your three factors right there. It's definitely something you should try out. Uh, You also get an email from me that says, Howdy. (laughs) Uh, The part of Texas I'm from is big on the howdy stuff. And uh, so I think it's funny because I'm not originally from here, and moving here, I'm like, what is? what kind of cult am I in? But anyway, everybody says, howdy, and then it grows on you. It's actually kind of fun. And you get an email from me that says, howdy, your horn of juice is on the way. It comes from New Zealand, so it takes a few extra days, but uh, you'll enjoy it. And now you have my uh, email, and have a wonderful day, y'all. Something like that. And yeah, all right. So again, uh, PayPal link on the left, Hornet juice on the right, uh, zentriathlon.com, zentri on Twitter and Instagram. That's plenty of stuff uh, out there for you to, uh, enjoy and have some fun. I try to post a lot of great pics on Instagram. Uh, I'm really, I used to not like Instagram and now I, I really like it because it's very simple and very, um, yeah, very, uh, uh anti-troll, and I don't have a problem with trolls, though, but uh, anti-troll and um, just simple and inspirational and pretty. All right, that's it. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. So many years ago, when Kai was a toddler crawling around, uh, reaching and grabbing for things, and, you know, it may have been even before that... When my dogs and I don't think we had a cat until after Kai was around and I was I was on the trainer some and I noticed that there was a problem where my uh, my spinning wheels full of spokes uh, was going to catch somebody's tail or nose or paw. And eventually, uh, somebody's uh, little fingers and hands, um, out of curiosity, uh, into the spokes and then uh, cause some bodily injury. And I bring this up because on Instagram, I've been posting pictures of me on the trainer. And recently, the, uh, or what I try to do is I try to post pictures of um, what I'm doing on the trainer to give other people an idea of uh, stuff that works to keep it fun. Uh, Whenever I come across something that's really good and really fun, I post it on there. And sometimes Instagram, sometimes on Twitter. Uh, Zen Triathlon on both of those, by the way. And I uh, posted this video of (laughs) two dogs and a cat. uh, all And Emily's feet actually running next to me on the treadmill. Uh, But all of these animals with long tails um, in the training room with me and I was on a, uh, I was on a trainer and, um, front wheel, not moving. And I bring that up because at one point I was on rollers a lot and now you've got two wheels spinning with, uh, spokes flying everywhere. And that's where it got really, uh, really wild. But one, you can train your animals to, um, not, uh, get their, their stuff caught in there, and little kids, uh, but still, you know, accidents happen, and that's why they call it an accident, because you didn't plan on it, and you thought it wouldn't, and uh, this was the situation for for a while uh, at our house, and then something changed, and I realized I didn't really have to worry about this anymore, um, and I was, what I one thing is uh, to get off the rollers, I love rollers, rollers are the best, and I think if you're riding an a regular road bike man it's hard to beat rollers i think they're just awesome they're amazing they really smooth out your pedal stroke for one thing and they're engaging and they're fun and they're a challenge and it makes it makes uh, cycling just really great and it's a party trick too and then the uh the other thing was, um, well, on the tri-bike, I noticed I was spending a long time on my tri-bike in the aero position, as you should, as you, as one does, uh, perchance for the, was the uh, style of the times. And, <laughs> and um, with so much of your weight over the front wheel, uh, being on rollers uh, really is sketchy on a tri-bike. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, who cares if you really wreck on a tri-bike, but you're, you're trying to drink and fuel, uh, while on rollers and, or while on a tri-bike. And, um, it just ends up being so uh, difficult that, uh, the chance for wrecking is greatly amplified if you're trying to drink water and eat while on a tri-bike on rollers. And um, and I, I was plenty good on rollers. I've developed over the years, like I can ride on rollers, no hands, all right? Sitting upright, I can ride rollers, no hands. And rollers are these things that you, go Google uh, roller videos um, for cycling and you'll see how, like, how challenging and difficult these things are. It looks insane. And so, like, I've got good bike handling skills, pl- plenty good. And uh, I can ride one-legged. Oh, I'm trying to think of other things I can do on rollers. There's not much else besides that. Uh, I don't think I ever got around to doing bunny hops and stuff like that. But I think I tried. But it was just, you know, it started getting kind of weird. But my, um, I noticed that my eating and drinking on the bike ride was suffering because, and it was messing up my uh, workouts because I was kind of worried about crashing. So that's the whole roller story. So I went back to a, uh, for tri bike training, I went back to a regular trainer um, where the front wheel stationary and only the rear wheel spins. And then at some point the, um, and I forgot why, but for whatever reason, I got into putting a disc wheel on the rear of my bike. And it's just a wheel cover. And I swear, it is the coolest thing. It's really inexpensive for triathlon gear. It's $80, bucks, let us say. And you can get a wheel cover. You can order it from wheelbuilder.com. And uh, you snap it on to your rear wheel. And all of a sudden, you've got a disc rear. And uh, it makes your tri-bike look so cool. And some people say, well, you know, you only uh, leave it on for races and then take it back off again. And you know what? I'm kind of lazy and I'm busy. So I just left it on because one, it looked really cool. And um, people are too hung up about uh, worrying about what other people are going to say and what other people are going to do. And um, because there's this, a little bit of an idea of like, man, riding around with a disc wheel on just on a training ride, you look like a, like a douchebag. And... Uh, that's, that's one, that's other people's opinion, so that's stupid to worry about that, and two, uh, you are riding with what you're going to uh, use in the race, and then you learn how to handle the bike better, because it's not bad, but it is a little bit noticeable, the handling of the bike, um, crosswinds are, um, it's nothing like the front wheel, but crosswinds do kind of push you around, and so it's nice to know how to handle it, and um, and, and it's kind of a pain to get the uh, the uh, disc wheel cover uh, put on and off again. You got to take off the cassette. So I was just like, oh, I'll just I'm just going to leave it on and see what happens, right? It's kind of a zen approach to things. Uh, don't judge, just leave it on and see what happens. And um, now I ride with it on my wheel like I have been for years, all the time. And I just put it on, leave it on, and then I got a disc wheel cover on. So I'm sitting on my, uh, bike with the wheel cover on and there's a, uh, I got a dog, you know, wandering around and maybe Kai and, uh, they walk in, one of these creatures walks into the room and my immediate reaction is, oh no, I got spokes flying around on this wheel doing 20 something miles an hour, uh it's going to rip some fingers off. I need to yell at somebody. Oh, don't watch out. Stand here. And then I realized that the disc covers the spokes. And now you have, um, the spinning thing that if you tried to, you couldn't stick your finger in the spokes. If you tried, (laughs) you'd have to like really try to hurt yourself. And, um, so it's, uh, it's, it solves multiple problems at the same time. And, I thought, oh, this is something I should mention on the show because on Instagram somebody asked, "Hey, you know, how do you, how do you keep your creatures?" Uh, Or some somebody said, "I worry that they kind of had like set up kind of an excuse, not in a bad way, because we all do this, but a reason why not to ride the trainer." I would, I, I may be remembering incorrectly, but I would ride the trainer, but um, I don't want to get. my son or daughter's uh, fingers caught in the in the spokes right and um if you're not riding a trainer you are missing out because it is the best workout so what i do is i ride the trainer a lot and then on the weekends i'll go for a ride uh outside to keep my feel for the road and enjoy the countryside and stuff like that during the week i run outside a ton so i go i get my dose outside no problem and um uh, on the, on the trainer, you're getting just like these amazing, amazing workouts. So you can, uh, improve your, your cycling training by riding on the trainer. You can, um, not worry about getting fingers caught and tails caught in your spokes by putting on a wheel cover. Um, you will go faster in races with, wheel, with a wheel cover on. So uh, now we've got three upsides right here. And um, also you will learn how to handle your bike with the wheel cover on, um, which is totally easy just to, to, to do and it's fun um, with your wheel cover on. Uh, so that's four Plus things by leaving the wheel cover on, and then um, the fifth thing is you will feel badass while you're out riding with a wheel cover on. You will look more pro, therefore you will act more pro, and therefore you will uh, six uh, ride more pro, and and get better results in life. So we're like, we're like at six things here of why you should get a wheel cover. Seven, it's cheap as far as triathlon stuff goes, and the, um, all these benefits. And the only reason that people don't do it is they worry about what somebody else will say, right? When it comes down to it, it's a fear. What, what will somebody else say? Well, this is what you do. You go ahead and put in your back pocket, your canned responses, go ahead and rehearse them. This is how you deal with any kind of fear. You, uh, you worry about having a flat tire on the bike during a bike, during a bike race. Well, you practice, you know, Go through your mind like, uh, what do I do if I have flat tire? Do this and that and the other. And go okay. So you have in your in your back pocket some canned responses when somebody goes, "Ooh, fancy! Uh, you got yourself a disc wheel." You go, "No, it's cheap. It's just plastic." Uh, another one is, "Well, it sure this, <laughs> this one I got. It sure is windy out here to be riding a disc wheel." Uh, and then you say, hey, I, "Honestly, seriously, people." This comes up like once a year, I swear. Um, uh, so it's not even anywhere near as often as you would think. But anyway, uh, sure is windy. And then you say, uh, it's just the rear. It's not like it's the front. It's actually uh, not that bad at all. It kind of stabilizes, if anything, it stabilizes your ride. Um, or, the, you know, they say, oh, it must be tough to handle. And I'm trying to think of something else somebody would say. What you're worrying about in your mind is somebody saying like, oh, I bet you sure think you're cool. With, uh, with riding your disc wheel, and, and one nobody ever says that because <laughs> that's very confrontational, and if they if they do, you just shrug. Another one, your other canned response is you just shrug and go, I don't know why everybody's not doing it. It makes it makes you a ton faster, and not just a little bit, but a ton. And whether that's totally true or not, it does make you a little bit faster. Um, And then the other thing is, uh, it's both an upside and a response, is it is fun, man. Because when you get a crosswind and it starts pushing you, it pushes you forward. Uh, Just kind of like a sail on a sailboat pushes the sailboat forward. Uh, Because the uh, disc is on the rear of the bike, it actually pushes you forward. And you can feel it when you feel a crosswind. You can feel a boost of like a mile or two, miles per hour of your bike. It's got to go somewhere. So it squeezes it forward. And it is awesome. Uh, And I grew up uh, on sailboats. My parents used to make me go sailing all the time. And I only kind of, I was indifferent. I didn't like it all that much. But um, I definitely know the feeling of sailing. And it's the same sensation. And so sometimes I'll go out riding, and if it's a windy day, I, in a weird way, I reframe it in my mind that I'm going out sailing because um, you just keep your bike planted on that white line, and the wind pushes you forward, and it's such a boost. It's, it's really, really cool. And then it weighs like nothing uh, to add to your wheel. Anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk about with the, um, the disc wheel i have always been. Once I started riding with one, a huge proponent of it, and it's really inexpensive. And I really suggest you give it a try, if anything, to get over the worry about, because um, it's a legitimate worry, that you're going to get uh, tails or fingers, little little fingers in your uh, in your wheel, if you're riding the trainer, because you can totally get around that with a wheel cover, and it's good stuff all around. All right, bang. All right, let's wrap up the show. I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show, I was going to talk about my running plan. (laughs) Always beware of the danger of having everything all figured out because it ain't. My running plan was doing pretty good for a little while. The plan was, hey, long runs, really long runs, uh, make my uh, feet hurt a little bit. So what if we spread out my running, I'm hitting a target of fifty-five 50, zero miles per week. And, all right, Christmas. All right, I'm back. I just got passed by, I got a phone call, and our heater is out, and it's been below freezing for the past few days at night. A couple days it didn't get above freezing, or it got like at freezing. And, uh, anyway, Heater guy's on his way, even though it's almost 9 at night. Anyway, after enlightenment, chop wood. After new house, (laughs) heater break. Okay, I uh, was going to say, okay, what if we ran six days a week, took a day off from running? I don't know what you're about to say. What? What? Six days is still a lot. Six days a week running. Day off. How many miles a day would I need to hit uh, 50? And I figured it out. point3333 3, 3, 3, 3, three So, 8.34. And so, I was doing that. And I was doing pretty good. Some a little faster. Some a little slower. No big deal. And then I noticed something. My feet started hurting. And the reason we're talking right now is because I'm walking because in the middle of this run well just like a mile into the run I was like man my feet kind of hurt in the arches not under the heels but up in the arches uh, more forward and I was like that's the that's plantar fasciitis trying to act up again so I ran a little while longer like another I think two miles kind of like you know is this for real because my last run I kind of felt that too and I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk. And it's a good lesson to ourselves. One, never try to get it all figured out. Two, of course, you should not run so many days in a row if you have the opportunity. I just do not understand how people run like the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> Every freaking day running like 50 miles a day or whatever. And then, and then uh, manage to survive that. Some of them don't. Uh, I forgot the name of the latest guy that did it. Anyway, 50 miles a day for like two months, three months, something like that. Anyway, then uh, you really, if you can, take days off and then recover from that. And then also, I figured out, uh, so, my, so I need a I, my feet just aren't there yet. I may never be there to be able to do that again. But um, I did figure out some numbers. And these kind of, this is for males and this is for uh, age 44 to 49 age group. But it's, it's generally the same for all male age groups up until a certain age. It's actually slower for 18 year olds. Qualifying times. You need around an hour swim. You can go a few minutes over, but not much. This is for Kona. And then bike ride, did I already talk about this? 22.5 miles per hour about at Fireman, Texas. And so five hour bike ride. And then a 3.15 to 3.30 marathon. So like an 8.12, 8.15. 8:30 8:30 uh, pace, kind of depending, and that's where the slots lie. Lay, although those were slots before the past year, and in the past year we've had an explosion of Ironmans with lots of slots given away um, in Asia, and I'm sure. That takes away from a lot of slots available over here and other races that aren't in asia but anyway back to walking walk see i'm just i'm doing a 19 minute almost 20 minute mile 1950 <laughs> was my last mile i'm freezing my ass off but uh i'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts and I'm in a, it's probably like 40 degrees outside. And I was wearing gloves and a visor. But anyway, so I'm just running. But I slowed down to a walk. And I'm like, well, the cold, probably good for you. Build up a little bit of brown fat. Brown fat is brown because it's got mitochondria in it. Because it's, your body's used to burning it. And you develop brown fat by getting cold. And uh, brown fat is good fat. It's fat that turns into energy when you need it. It's more like a storage organ that you can use instead of white fat that's just kind of there and difficult to get rid of and if you're into ultra running, they walk quite a bit and walking is really healthy for you, but a lot of people like walk the uphills and then run the flats and run most of the downhills, and they still win the entire freaking thing <sighs> And a lot of people have a lot of success going very fast in Ironmans and marathons and whatever, walking the aid stations. But walking is a different movement. The first time I did my my first 50-miler ultra trail run, I ended up getting huge blisters on the underside of my feet because I wasn't used to walking. I'd been running, training for the thing, and then walking, you kind of slide your foot and push off differently. And I wasn't used to that movement. Your socks are sweaty, so it creates friction. And it tore. I had, mad, I mean, giant blisters—not the size of uh, silver dollars, but almost the size of dollar bills <laughs> on the underside of each foot. And I had to walk like ten miles or something ridiculous uh, on my heels, with my forefeet lifted up off the ground, because I had developed such huge blisters that hurt hurt really really bad so if you're planning for something where there's a chance you might end up walking in it practice walking in your training because you need to be ready for that movement because it sucks if uh, you're not practiced at it all right i think that's it for this episode we got lots of cool stuff coming up we got some fuel that i'm trying out a new fuel on the market which is crazy crazy mad science lab stuff we're going to try out kai just got donated to him a rocker a trainer and we got to put his bike on that i might put mine on there and kind of test it out too so you get my opinion of it and a whole bunch of more fun stuff all right that's it everybody stay safe out there work the uphills cruise the downhills i'm freezing my ass off <laughs> but i'm at my front door keep the rubber side down out miles.